Hi guys and welcome back to the Fill Your Boots podcast. Today I am joined by Laura Hayter, which is so exciting. We both met when we were USN athletes together. Um, but I was actually having a watch of your Instagram stories the other day and I realized we actually have very similar kind of stories to how we got into fitness, food and all of that. So I would love to have a chat about that with you. But how are you today, first and foremost? Yeah. I'm good thank you I've just got back from the gym so I got a protein shake I'm a little bit on the hungry side because I'm definitely behind my calories for the day so far so I'll be scoffing about 2,000 calories this evening in one go just to hit my target I mean you know that's me like I'm so bad at this I I eat I do eat in the day but for some reason I seem to just land like so many calories in the evening and then I'm literally sat there like force feeding like a food challenge of some sort with myself in the evening (laughs) yeah that's exact same same thing as me and I actually don't get too hungry during the day that's what my thing is and yeah like the amount because I'm on nearly like two and a half to three thousand calories a day yeah that's more than enough to keep me full so I'm often eating when I'm not hungry which I find difficult (laughs) very difficult very difficult I understand that as well I don't know about you but I know some people when they finish training they're always super hungry and they want to eat straight away I I physically do not want to eat like yeah and I'm like force feeding it down because I know I need to eat something but I just do not want it at all I don't know if that's just weird or no same as me like I hate eating that's why I picked up one of these shakes today because I knew I wouldn't want to eat yeah just down yeah it's hard hard. oh my god well yeah there's so worlds apart from where we both started actually I know right I think I was about six six and a half stone maybe I can't really remember I feel like it could be six but I also don't want to lie and be like I was six and a six and a half but I was like around that ballpark figure with weight and I was just tiny do you know what that is in kilos? I can't think in stone. Yeah, actually, let's have a quick look. Um, I was um forty nine kilos when I started lifting. That's tiny, isn't it? Probably similar. Oh my god, this I can't have been six stone. Six stone is like thirty eight kilos. Six and a half is like forty one. Six and a half, then probably. Yeah, you're tall as well, right? Like me, five four. Yeah, tallish. Yeah, I'm like normal size, yeah. <laughs> what am I? <laughs> no, no, I mean like the average height. Because <laughs> people often assume on Instagram, they meet me, they're like, I thought you were really tall. And I was like, yeah. I've just got long legs. It yeah, you do have long legs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah five, four and a half if we want to be precise. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> so you were tiny when you started. Mm. Really. Yeah yeah and it wasn't like part of me is like I was trying to be tiny and the other part of me was like I wasn't trying to be tiny Mm. at the same time I think I was just really confused yes like with what I should be doing with my body because I know I don't know about you because you got into it through like bodybuilding and stuff early on didn't you like with your your competitions and stuff not really I mean I did a good few years of just anyone that listened to my first podcast the other day like I was talking about this I did a good few years of exercise for the sake of burning calories yeah rather than 
you know actually making any form of progression at all um yeah I mean I did try to get into lifting fairly early on but I still had a good stint of just cardio and doing all of that like you I think I saw you said you did loads of boot camps and stuff like that at the time and the treadmill like I was just on the treadmill (laughs) abs like trying to I remember being like so impressed with how small the scale the number on the scale was yeah I remember like buzzing thinking oh my god like I'm so small I can't wait to tell people how little I weigh and now I'm like oh my god that's so unhealthy (laughs) it was like that though at the time yeah Yeah, very much so it had to be it's thin thin was in thin isn't really used anymore as a word is it unless Mm. not often I wouldn't say no I agree no yeah interesting so yeah just wanted to be like tiny and started with the outside boot camps then I was like ventured into the gym but didn't leave the treadmill or didn't do it on like a whole hour of core so yeah. I had solid abs back then though <laughs> it's funny isn't it I don't know about you as well but when I started training my goals for what I thought I wanted were entirely different to what they are now but like it came to my mind then because I wanted abs like that was kind of it I don't think I really thought about any other part of my body it was like I just want abs and I remember distinctly the point where I'd been lifting for a little bit longer and I remember thinking oh my triceps look good and then thinking I've never thought about my arms like ever in my whole life that's not what I ever wanted (laughs) but it evolves doesn't it yeah and I used to love training back and I've I've my back is naturally really lean like even if I've got like I've got more body fat on me than I would normally yeah Um, when I say when I would normally when I would do like during like the summer months or something you know I like to just trim down a touch um but even when I have like more body fat on me my back is still super lean I can't get it to not be lean yeah. um but I remember when I first started training I was like obsessed with my back muscles because I was like this is so cool like <laughs> look at my muscles like you could actually see them moving and then I just got obsessed with training back and it was like you need to train evenly all of your yeah. body parts literally so funny so you got into fitness same way as me um and then yeah did it would you say there was any particular reason that you got started into fitness in the first place yeah I was super lonely where I was living because I moved out at like 18 and then I split up with my boyfriend who I was living with and I couldn't afford to live where we were so I had to like relocate about 40 minutes away which now as a fully grown adult isn't that far (laughs) but at like 19 20 21 it felt so far away from all of my friends Mm. and I was just lonely and bored and I had nothing to do so someone was like why don't you come and do a boot camp with Mm. me and I literally remember buying it on Groupon like something like eight sessions for a fiver and went to these boot camps and I just loved it yeah just started just started really enjoying exercising and training which is funny because in school I used to bunk PE <laughs> so did I I hate yeah, it. that's mad but, yeah it actively really put me off it in school I think actually I went to a school that was it was very sporty but you had to be 
already involved in it to be accepted in it if that makes any sense so if you were shit at stuff like me (laughs) even if I wanted to try and get better at it I didn't feel like I could yeah so it really put me off and yeah I I was not athletic at all as a teen at all I did a lot of music but I was lazy let's face it (laughs) you actually have a beautiful singing voice oh stop I have not we're gonna see more of that no (laughs) I now solely sing in the shower like that's it (laughs) (laughs) and in the car but only if I'm on my own (laughs) I vouch for that singing in the car is like um is like therapy (laughs) I love singing in the car I've got to this point now as well where I actively don't give a shit if anyone looks at me through the window like if I'm stopped at traffic lights and there's someone next to me I'm still singing like that's simple as that anyway that was a tangent well yeah it was but you know what just quickly on that tangent I actually cry in the car if I need to if I'm feeling like super emotional I know it's not sad it's not as sad as it sounds but if I'm like super emotional and I've got like some anger or something and I need to scream my therapist taught me this she was like just get in the car put some music on and scream so that's exactly what I do I'll be driving I'll be like Oh my god! I wish I could drive past you whilst you're doing that. <laughs> and then I start laughing at myself, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm ridiculous!" But I feel great again. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm gonna have to try that. <laughs> Honestly, it's the best stress reliever. <laughs> oh, it's either that or I want to go to one of those um, what they even called those anger rooms where you just yes. smash stuff. Oh, that looks fun. I want to do that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what were we even talking about? <laughs> That's a good point. I can't actually how you got into fitness. Sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was it. So I was just like bored, lonely, didn't have like anyone around me and wanted something to do. So I started going to the boot camps and I was went to those for like a good year or so, I think. Yeah. Um this is going back nearly 10 years ago now, so memory's a little bit foggy. But yeah, and they were outside, and then I just remember thinking hmm quite enjoying this I wonder what happened would happen if I went to a gym Mm. and then I just signed up at a gym didn't leave the treadmill didn't stop doing abs (laughs) got you know in as a David Lloyd's and when you sign up to a David Lloyd's back then I don't know if they still do it now but you have a session with one of the PTs and then they write you up like a draft sort of program to follow and I remember using that program they would give me and then just like asking the PTs for help when I was in there just literally making friends with everyone and being like can you help me with this am I doing this right yeah. um and it just sort of snowballed from there really mm. oh that's so nice though isn't yeah. it yeah. yeah and then I think I got boyfriends that were into like bodybuilding mm-hmm. I feel like when we first got into fitness bodybuilding was a bit different to what it is now very much so yeah would you agree like yeah I well I grew up in quite a small town you've seen it you've stayed yeah. there um, <laughs> but it was a very very small gym that I was training in so there was only a tiny little weight section but there certainly weren't any girls in it like that was yeah. it was very much split like the left hand side of the gym was the cardio where you see the women the right hand side of the gym was the weights bit where all the men were and that there, there wasn't the, it was just a complete divide mm-hmm. through the middle yeah. yeah exactly the same as mine exactly the same yeah it's funny isn't it it's quite mm. intimidating getting started though as a female it's getting so much better now um, yeah 
so many more women women but still even now I don't know if it makes a difference what gym you're training in but my gym is still quite male dominated there are a lot of girls now but mostly men still so there can be days when you go in there's not there's not a girl in there and I'm like oh I'm doing it for the team (laughs) wow no see my gym so I've only been going to this gym now for like the last three or four years since I moved to Wales um and definitely like across the last few years more women have started going but there's I've always remember seeing women in there um more so now but even if I go to a new gym I've not been to before I still get nervous yeah same. like that that don't go away no. like that fear is still there I'm like oh my god I've been going to the gym 10 years but what if I don't know how to adjust this leg extension and I look stupid that still happens <laughs> I know I completely get that if I'm going to a new gym I want I want to take a friend like yeah. you're coming with me because I'm not going on my own <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want to know my way around if I walk into something where are the plates like oh, you know how people look at like food menus before they go to dinner I'm looking at the gym like photos yeah. to see what's going on there right so that yeah. I can walk in where I'm tr- gonna go <laughs> yeah exactly that I gotta check out the tagged photos Instagram stories all of that it's not just me I thought I was really weird no definitely not okay (laughs) so reverting back to how you got into fitness and your first few years into fitness Mm -hmm. what was your food like at the time you know when you started to get into exercising were you focusing on it at all um did you still have a tricky relationship with it where you felt like you couldn't eat very much my relationship with food is a bit like has been really weird like I would never have really thought I had disordered eating habits and probably until like the last year as I started to really reflect back on like my early years just how disordered my relationship with food was because I'd I'd have times where I would eat a lot of like McDonald's and convenience things and takeaways and I wouldn't gain weight I was always just like super slim still no matter what like I could demolish a packet of McVitie's and you know not even not even blink nothing would happen to me so I've always had like this weird thing where because I could eat a lot of shit I did yeah um and I would eat a lot of like takeaways a lot of things like that or a lot of convenience foods I wasn't confident with cooking I didn't really enjoy cooking know how to cook and it's probably only the last four years I've learned how to actually properly cook and I'm I still don't like it. I still get nervous. It still causes me anxiety cooking. Like I couldn't cook a meal for anyone else. That terrifies me. Yeah. And so I remember in the beginning, just eating a lot of shit, like convenient stuff, ready-made stuff from the supermarket. And then I started to pay more attention to it because I had boyfriends that were bodybuilders. So then I sort of went over to like, you know, chicken and rice at a Tupperware five times a day. Yeah, that was yeah. That was what I lived off for a while. And then it was like, someone was like, oh, Herbalife shakes are amazing. If you want to lose weight, they help you lose weight. And if you want to gain muscle, they help you gain muscle. So little gullible me was like, oh, take my money. And bought (laughs) Herbalife shakes. So I dabbled in those. And then I don't know why I tried fat burners. Not like I had any body fat to strip off of me back then. Um, It just goes back to this society pushing on you you need to be tiny as women we need to lose weight and focused on being the smallest version of ourselves possible Mm -hmm. and it actually makes me feel really sad for myself when I look Mm -hmm. back and I think I was just so confused with who I was my body image 
you know, what I should be doing with my body. Everyone's telling me all of these things like through magazines. And this is just when Instagram was coming up as well. Like when I first got into fitness. So I just remember being really confused. Yeah. yeah just really confused and flitting between different things. I tried keto. I tried, I tried all sorts. <laughs> Try keto. How did that go for you? <laughs> awful I'm I've tried do you know I love high fat food like it's so tasty like the Mediterranean diet is my favorite so there's been a few instances where I've tried to reduce my carb intake down to like less than 100 grams a day and have my fat intake really high just out of curiosity to see how I feel do I get any of these health benefits that people talk about you know talk about that you get from it and Every time I have done it, I have just been absolutely exhausted <laughs> and starving. And there we have it with keto. <laughs> yeah, exhausted and starving. So I wouldn't do it again. That's my experience. No. I mean, I remember learning about that in my master's. And I think the conclusion from most of the research, don't get me wrong, there might be new research out now because it's been a while, but yeah. it was uh ultra endurance athletes would benefit from keto everyone else (laughs) the only reason why someone might like say they'd gone on keto for weight loss purposes right the only reason why they might end up losing weight on that is because they have put something in place that makes them focus on what they're eating yeah yes simple as that yeah exactly there's no magic you know that's it and it's like um like the herbalife shakes Mm. or any kind of shake detox diet or anything like that that you go on it's the same thing like when you go on Herbalife yeah you're going to lose a shit ton of weight because you're just drinking three shakes a day (laughs) that's full of carbohydrates proteins fats and micronutrients when you could bring back some joy to your life and actually eat it in real food form because carbohydrates fats and protein is the same in a shake or actually it's not the same it's much better when it's coming from whole food than some processed powdered form that you're yeah yeah I mean I've been having this argument with my dad actually because he's doing meal replacement shakes and but he's not listening to me because I'm his daughter so I can't say anything but it's frustrating because I'm like you would actually enjoy your life so much more if you actually had some food for your lunch the same calories yeah exactly it's like it's gonna be calories the same like proteins fats carbohydrates everything that you need and you're gonna enjoy eating it so I know I know it always looks like really it's got like this soup thing that looks really watery and it like never mixes properly and I'm just like do you really want that because I wouldn't have it no but you know what I come across something the other day that quite alarmed me Mm. never heard of it before it's called a one-to-one diet Uh, yeah yeah one of my clients was actually on that before she came to me Mm. yeah when I looked into it I was like all this is, is them branding the food that you're eating and the consult, quote unquote, consultant mm-hmm. sells it to you. But what alarmed me the most is like the people that are selling these things to you, they don't need any type of education, certification, qualification in this area. And you can go to a, con- a consultant yeah. and they're going to say, here, you should eat this and you'll lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. It- Doesn't that though to you just sum up 
this entire industry (laughs) (laughs) because it's the bane of my life honestly like you like are a highly educated person you know exactly what you're doing as I like to think I I know too but there are people out there who don't have any qualifications and all they have is a level three PT qualification and you know they're calling themselves a life coach yeah not even sometimes you don't even need it that's the problem yeah yeah Yeah. like I will go uh, yeah I'll get heated with this debate so let's move on oh yeah okay so I want to move on to 2019 with you because I saw on your story as well um 2019 you got yourself into a pretty unhealthy abusive relationship at the Mm -hmm. time you said on your story that you had a mental breakdown and reverted back to losing weight again even though you'd kind of got yourself past that you know you'd started to gain some muscle you'd started to do really well for yourself um and then you obviously had to move back to your parents in Wales talk to me about that time what happened for you mentally oh god I I actually done a really long podcast episode this week on on my channel where I go into it in loads of detail because like so much yeah happened it's like where do I even start yeah. but I guess the short version is yeah into a relationship it moved really quick I thought it was amazing mm-hmm. at the beginning you know all of the typical love bombing all of those things move you in super quick and then everything was just like pulled pulled from me um probably want to put a little bit of a trigger warning here in case Mm. anyone gets a little bit upset listening to this but the turning point for me was actually when I fell pregnant in that relationship and I I think I've told you this haven't I yeah 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 I was gonna say I'm talk to people one-on-one but publicly talking about it this is like the first time I'm doing so um yeah so I fell pregnant and everything just tipped upside down he didn't want the baby anymore even though it was something that we were trying for and I was signed off of work for weeks thinking oh my god I've got to make this decision between the person that I love and at that point didn't realize I was in abuse and this baby that I really wanted um and it just escalated and I remember just constantly crying on the phone to my dad one day and he was like get in your car and come here now Mm -hmm. and my friend uh come over she packed my clothes in my car and that was it I went to Wales and um the abuse got worse as it often does when you end up leaving or when you end up falling pregnant and I I just didn't know what to do like I so wanted this baby but then I had nowhere to live I had no money because I was signed off of sick and I was like 200 miles away from where my job was. I'm literally broken as a person. I couldn't tell the difference between what was reality, what wasn't. I didn't believe my own thoughts. I couldn't differentiate what was fact, what wasn't. It was really scary because I didn't trust myself at all in any, like with anything. I just didn't believe my memories or I I just thought I was crazy. I remember sitting on the floor in the hospital thinking, I'm actually a crazy person. I need to be sectioned. That's how I felt. And I was into a massive episode of depression. And then it was, I went back and forth. I was like, do I keep the baby? Don't I? What do I do? And it got to a point where I was just like, I can't bring this baby up in the world because I don't have a home. 
I don't have any income to look after it. Right now, I'm not even in a mental state to be able to look after myself. So how the fuck am I going to look after a child with all of this? And I know people do it, and I'm not saying it's impossible to do, but when I seriously sat there and I thought about all the trauma that I've experienced in my my life back from my childhood and the abusive relationship, keeping that relation, like having to have that channel of communication open because of a child, him being 200 miles away from me. I just thought this isn't a way to bring a child into the world. Um, I want them to come into a world healthy, happy with a stable, at least a state one stable parent, you know, um and the ideal would obviously be two stable parents in their life and it was the hardest decision I've ever had to make in my life like when people think about abortion and termination I imagine a lot of people think about someone just reckless going to get pregnant and then going to the abortion center and getting rid of it like it's nothing but everyone I've spoken to that has been through something like that it wasn't a decision off the whim just to go and do it it was it's actually a heartbreaking decision which comes with so much grief like grief that I feel every single day now like there's not a day that goes past where I don't think of that baby mm. um so yeah so I had to make that decision then as much as I didn't want to and as painful as it was like all the heartache it caused me I know I made the right decision because that was the catalyst for all of the positive change in my life like I was so anxious I suffered from depression and all sorts of things and I had no idea I suffered of all of these things since childhood and going through that experience really opened my eyes up to my actual mental well-being and my physical well-being which I think just goes back to being so confused with what I should be doing with my body, trying to be tiny, not having healthy eating habits, not having boundaries. So I was just lost like my whole life up until that point because I'd always been in quite up and down relationships, nothing like that one. But, you know, the relationships I was in was never really healthy. And I'll admit I was a psycho back in the day like a fully fledged psychopath I would turn up to wherever my boyfriend was if they were ignoring me that kind of level of psycho (laughs) um so going through that experience really helped me look after myself and find myself I guess because I started to explore all these different things through therapy and support groups and it was what it was what the change was necessary to go through and if I hadn't have gone through that I don't think I would be here now and I don't think I would be coaching I don't think I would have thought this is even something that was possible for me to do yeah sure so yeah um honestly it's amazing like listening to that whole story there's so much for one person to go through but the way that you've turned it around the way that you're now coaching other women to feel amazing honestly I have so much respect for it so much but like that's what the driving force is for me it's like if you can go to a really like dark place like that or if you can just allow yourself to be so vulnerable with actually who you are what you want what your strengths are what your weaknesses are and look at yourself like that with that level of self-awareness and then put the effort in to grow and develop like on the other side of that is just 
so much happiness, contentment, peace, and things that I didn't even realize were possible was on the other side of that. And that's what I really want other women to take away is because I know I'm not alone in this experience. Mm. Like since I released my podcast episode just the other day, I've had messages already saying I've gone through exactly the same thing and Mm. I don't know anyone else talking about it. So I know I'm not an anomaly and the odd one out and I don't want this to be like, I'm talking about this to get credit for it because I want everyone to be sorry for me. It's like, no, I want, I want to give those women that have been in that position of voice and safety to know that, hey, I, I get it. Other women get it as well. And we need to like really stick together and support each other when we're going through things like that. Because mm. when it comes to sexual health, reproductive health, relationships, we need autonomy mm. over those decisions and we need all of the information possible to make empowered and informed decisions over our health and over our well-being and that's really what my mission is now is to empower women to do exactly what they want with their life yeah that's amazing amazing so god it's hard to even go back into the fitness conversation because it's so small compared to all of that but yeah fitness no like fitness was that thing through all of that like Mm. fitness was that one thing that I had that gave me a reason to get up that gave me a reason to get dressed to leave the house to eat food you know to go to sleep so it may seem like something that's really minute to a lot of people but when I had nothing that was the one thing that I could go to that I would do for myself that would make me feel better about myself and we know about all the research that supports exercise mental health and all of those things so I didn't really realize at the time the extent that that fitness was helping me it just felt like an escape at that time but then as I went through more therapy and my own self-development I realized actually this is really crucial for everyone's like overall well-being and it should be a priority for everyone yeah sure no I completely agree with that too um I'm very much the same like even if I'm having particularly downtime of whatever's going on like I I know that going to the gym is the thing that's gonna sort of keep me going get me up in the morning like all of those things just having that consistent routine is so important yeah, yeah. And it's bloody empowering as well. Like, I love being strong. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, how good is it when you do a pull-up? And, and there's, like, other guys, like, you know, no offence, there's other guys in the gym that are like, she could do a pull-up. Not that I want guys to be impressed, but yeah, don't guys don't expect <laughs> girls to be strong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, don't underestimate me. Exactly. I'm stronger <laughs> than I look. I'm a small person, yeah. but I'm strong. <laughs> and I probably got better form than you two as well. Hello. <laughs> Amazing. So coming past that time for you, like how did you start to put yourself back together and build on your fitness as well? Because that's something that has absolutely exploded since then. Like you have put on so much muscle. Your physique is incredible. Yeah. How have you gone about that process? So I just started by before that before that all happened I already had a pretty good under like I built actually a pretty good physique like I was a lot more muscular than I am now mm-hmm. um 
but I had more time to dedicate to training. I was a little bit younger as well. Now I've hit 30. I definitely feel the effects of turning 30, even though I'm still super young. I know that. On that that note, actually, I had a conversation with someone the other day. He'd been to see a physio and the physio had said to him, when you're 30, like, that's basically it for your athletic body. You're done. Like, you're just done. And that's, isn't that terrifying? Yeah, terrifying. (laughs) Like, literally, even... This is a bit off subject, but I was talking to one of my clients the other day and I was like, what the hell is with like these little hairs I'm getting on my chin now? I'm like, it's like I've hit 30 and one day there's not a hair there and the next day is this thick black hair and I'm plucking oh, hair on my chin. <laughs> That's so typical. <laughs> so I'm feeling the effects of getting older, but oh. I'd really had a really good knowledge of how much I should be eating and at that point I was probably eating around two two and a half thousand calories a day before that whole breakdown and that episode so I knew what I needed to do to build my to get my weight back up to a healthy weight I knew how to train I wasn't training with like a program or anything like that back then um But the gym was like my focus point, the only thing that I really had to do. And then I remember one of my friends, Phil, started doing online coaching. And he was like, Lord, do you want to like work with me um, while I get some practice in, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, definitely. So he gave me some real structure to what I was doing and opened my eyes up to like the world of coaching, basically, because I didn't really, I knew of it, but I didn't really. Yeah, sure understand it because it's a really new thing Mm. um so I worked with him for a little while and I was like hey this is pretty cool actually um and then I started doing like all of my own qualifications and my own studying and stuff like that so then it sort of snowballed and then I'm you know I've been with my coach now for I don't know like well over a year now Mm. um and we just focus on, you know, hypertrophy, my nutrition, and where I spent so many years trying to understand my nutrition and my body, I just was like developing my own knowledge. So I had a good, good understanding of what I needed to do to get myself back there. But then with my friend doing the coaching, it opened my eyes up to how, um, how much just having that accountability and that structure and the the progression in your training how important all of that was so that's how I really got back on top of it coupled with things like therapy I started looking after my mental well-being with things like meditation and I go to meditation groups regularly and I know a lot of people will be like what the fuck does that have to do with fitness but it does because for me it's that whole you know 360 looking after myself mentally physically emotionally spiritually it's all so interlinked um and when I'm at my absolute best it's because I'm looking after myself physically emotionally spiritually and mentally Mm. so I think it was a combination of all of those things just fall didn't really fall into place I put a lot of hard hard work to get those things into a really good place and yeah it just sort of grew from there really to where I am now <laughs> yeah that's incredible if you were to give one main piece of advice to someone that was in your position or similar position to yeah. help them get to where you are now what would you say to them I think it would be to be open to taking advice mm. from other people because 
I know that even now I can have the tendency to be like, no, I know. But the reason <laughs> I hired a coach is to cover my blind spots and to take the emotion away from it is when I'm working with myself. So it would be one to be like open to taking advice and open to your like what you're doing at the moment might not actually be very effective and there might be better ways to do it. So to not be stubborn and stuck in your way. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I think just be consistent and show up because the results will happen but don't just focus on what you're doing in the gym like I said a minute ago it's all of those other components your mental emotional physical and spiritual health which will really propel you because if you're living in such stressful conditions your cortisol levels cortisol levels are spiked you're never going to be in that parasympathetic nervous system, which is what we need to digest our food, to actually rest properly. And we all know how much stress impacts the body. And that's why I lost so much weight. And I found it so difficult to gain weight and gain muscle definition because I was under such stress for a good few years. Yeah. And it was only once I could calm everything else down um, when things just started to click a little bit better. Yeah. No, that's very, very important point, isn't it? Mm, yeah. It's a huge impact on your life, everything. I was actually having this conversation with a client the other day um, and it was more to do with the exercise itself. Like she's the sort of person, she's amazing, but she wants to do the absolute most. And it's like, you actually could do a lot less and your body would yes. change a lot more because actually say it goes back to the same thing, doesn't it? Having that kind of chilled level where your body is like, okay, we're not in survival mode like yeah. we can adapt this is okay you know yeah exactly it's yeah. funny because um one I'm sure your clients probably say the same thing to you as well but but the number one thing I hear is I can't believe how little I'm training how much I'm eating yeah. and how lean I am I'm like I know it's magic <laughs> finding that sweet spot isn't it yeah, yeah definitely I always think it sounds like if I'm trying to um market's not the word but like say what I do it's like I value this like you're gonna eat more food and you're gonna train in a way that fits your lifestyle I always think it comes across like oh that's just too good to be true she's yeah. me. actually like I'm not oh, <laughs> I'm no. finding that sweet spot and I think it's like I, well this is just my opinion right I feel like what we do when we look after our health is the norm but because society has come away from being healthy and looking after ourselves like we've gone from like fast food convenience everything at the touch of our fingertips sedentary jobs prioritizing your physical health is sort of deemed rare yeah when I think it should be the other way around I think it should be the absolute norm and the standard and that's kind of what I want women to take away is this is the norm for you and it absolutely can be and it can be effortless and you can enjoy it and it can add to your life not take away absolutely I actually had an Instagram post lined up for oh. I, it's actually tomorrow's post probably but it was basically the same concept I was saying why is it normalized that people eat crap yeah. you know drink loads of alcohol don't get a full night's sleep don't exercise be lazy but it's considered weird to you know go to the gym and get eight, eight hours of sleep at night and eat healthy food why why is there that contradiction it doesn't make any sense no I know like even I noticed that because I stopped drinking alcohol about a year 
year and a half ago now yeah. and it was only when I stopped drinking alcohol was how I it was when I realized how normalized alcohol is in weddings funerals christenings baby showers mm. like literally everything you do is centered around alcohol and if you go no thanks I don't want to drink I was like I'll oh, go on just one just one you know that winds me up though because like this is my stubborn streak coming mm. through I if someone goes oh go on don't be boring I am not even if I was considering it I am not I'm having it now like that's it I'm not and do you know what actually going back to that period where I had that breakdown this is like this is what made me really learn how important it is not to push alcohol on someone as well because I went through a year of alcohol dependency where I couldn't go a day without having a bottle of wine and yeah and you think like I remember going into like social situations with my family and people like oh we'll have a glass of wine and I'd be like yeah I'm having wine like this is normal no one knows that I'm battling with this dependency and how much I need this but because it's so normal I was able to get away with it without anyone recognizing it which is alarming yeah same can be said and this is a whole rabbit hole that I'm not going to fully go into competing and disordered eating habits yeah which came first (laughs) Uh, literally literally that but you can have disordered eating habits and start a prep and then it just blends in because that's what you do on prep anyway isn't it scary it's honestly scary it is and what like what alarms me like not going down this rabbit hole too much but I had a conversation with someone the other day um, and they were like, can you believe that like, this person, she's hip thrusting like 250 kilos, look at her, she's made such insane progress in such a short amount of time. And I was like, oh, I know that that person's assisted. Mm-hmm. And this person, that obviously I can't say that, um, like to, to, to anyone, that person I was having that conversation with, but this person would have been training for around a year. So it was newbie games, new to the gym, it was like, why aren't I making that progress? And it's that same thing again about thinking it's natural progress when it's really not. And you and me, we can probably sit here and we can probably tell people what yes. is realistic to achieve. And if someone's transformation is too good to be true, females are, yeah. And females are assisted. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of females that are. Yeah, same. It's not rare. <laughs> it's no. not rare. And it's not that obvious thing that people think it is either. It's you're not necessarily a women's physique, you know, 90 no, kilos. Bikini girls. That's not what it is. It's, yeah, bikini girls. Standard for bikini. Have, you know, really nice shapely figures assisted. Most, yeah. most of them are. Yeah. I remember um, years ago when I wanted to compete, thankfully I never have. Um, but when I wanted to compete, the coach I was going to go with was like, yeah, you need to run Anavar yeah scary. Like, you need to. yeah yeah and I would have I would have gone along with it yeah yeah well it's easy to see why because you know if someone's offering you this quick fix to like oh you're gonna look way better if you take this mm-hmm. I never did on prep and I, I wouldn't touch it because it doesn't align with my values as to why I got into fitness in the first place like I wanted to be healthy so I oh. it just doesn't you know the two just doesn't go together but I can see why people do it 100 yeah. oh yeah of course especially with like the progress that you see some people make to their physique yeah. but then I just think our oh, bodybuilding competitions even fitness they're beauty pageants no <laughs> I 
like, I have really mixed opinions on it, I think. Do you? It's impressive. Don't get me wrong. Like, I find it amazing yeah. that people do it. And, you know, there are some absolutely incredible physiques on stage. Yeah. Like, it is a bit wild at the same time. Like, I've done it. So I can say this. Like, yeah. I literally painted myself mahogany and put on a sparkly bikini and some heels and went and showed the whole audience my ass like yeah. that's weird I'm sorry but it is like I've done it and as well like no, I I loved it for years you know and I I have friends that compete now so like nothing against it it's just not for me it doesn't align yeah. with my values personally yeah. um and but then even like my my aesthetic physique goals are bikini goals <laughs> like you know that shoulder the capped shoulders the glutes the legs the nice the nicer delts and everything like that's the aesthetic look that I'm going for but not so <laughs> yeah exactly I like to hold the body fat as well so do I yeah when I was on prep I had literally no ass I remember that really distinctly because I was super self-conscious about it because obviously I didn't I mean I didn't have a lot of muscle at the time which obviously impacted that but yeah. the first place to lose all your body fat from as a girl your ass and your boobs well it was for me anyway oh, I was like yeah. oh I'm a teenage boy now <laughs> that was it I was done oh my god I'm literally like an A maybe a B cup if we're you know depending on the brand and if we're really pushing the boat out so if I was to ever do that gosh I don't I don't think I'd have anything left <laughs> I had I had pec separation down here like okay. I could flex with the men I was, uh, <laughs> it was so bad <laughs> oh brilliant <laughs> anyway I can't remember how we got into this topic. no idea Oh, I could talk God. about this all day though <laughs> I know I feel like I have so many opinions I know it's a good thing yeah <laughs> well, I think it was honestly I think <laughs> it was amazing to hear your story though honestly so interesting and it's just incredible how far you've come in so many ways not just physically yeah mentally, spiritually all of it amazing thanks my girl well, I'm looking forward to having you come on my pod soon as well. I know. You have to tell me when and I'm I'm all over it. Yeah, yeah. We'll get a date in for like, probably not next week because I'm in London for a couple of days, but maybe like the week after. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right, everyone. Well, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I will see you again next week. Laura will definitely be back on this podcast at some point because I feel like we have so much more to talk about. Yeah, I literally like, where is like the last like nearly an hour gone? I know, so fast. <laughs> well, it was amazing to have you on, Laura. Thank you so much for being here. Lovely stuff. I'll see you soon, my love. Bye. Bye.